Hey babes, welcome back to another episode of Holy Babes Podcast. I'm so blessed to have you guys here with me. We are doing an episode about breaking generational curses today. We will also be talking about what a generational curse breaker is and how generational curse breakers are able to break these generational curses off of them. People who are generational curse breakers, they want to stray away from the path that their bloodline has been set on. They want to stray away from the lifestyle that most people who are related to them live. And because they want to stray away from those ways and because they follow Christ, it is something that the devil fights them on to keep us in cycles. So the one person who wants to stray away from that cycle and who wants better, who wants to make the right choices, who wants to break the toxicity, he is going to fight them. So if you find yourself trying to do better and trying to be different and trying to um, walk righteously and trying to follow behind Christ and pick up your cross every day. This is why the devil is fighting you because he does not want you to break the cycle, but you can and you will break off the cycle of generational curses through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to talk about what a generational curse is. So a generational curse is a curse that has been passed down from one generation to another due to rebellion and disobedience against God. So rebellion and disobedience against God is what causes generational curses. Just like I told you guys last time, the last couple episodes that we did, we talked about um, the path of life and the path of death. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I'm going to read that to you guys again, and we're going to go over how free will and our ability to choose all those things play a part in whether or not you'll be able to break generational curses. It says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So, that right there tells us that we have been given the choice to pick the path of life or the path of death. If we choose the path of death, curses will be waiting for us. But if we choose the path of life, which is Jesus, blessings will be waiting for us and our seeds, which are our children. All that determines whether you're going to get blessings or curses out of your life. The path that you choose is important, not only for you, but for generations to come. Nobody thinks this far ahead. Everybody wants to heal, everybody wants to break away from generational curses, but nobody wants to end the patterns of those generational curses. Nobody wants to end the generational sin. Nobody wants to end the generational disobedience against God. Nobody wants to end those things, and that's why they continue. Just because a certain sin is said to run in the family doesn't mean that it needs to continue to run in your family. It doesn't mean that you need to continue to do that sin. And just because everybody else in your family has chosen the path of death and they have chosen the path of sin, that doesn't mean that you can't turn away and go the other way and walk the path of life. You can't be afraid to do different than what everybody else is doing if you want a different outcome. This is way bigger than you. This is for you. It's for your children. It's for generations to come. And you have to break the cycle. Deuteronomy chapter 27 tells us what the word says about curses. And it's a great example of the type of curses that 
So let's start at verse 15 and go down to verse 26. So, cursed is anyone who makes an idol, a thing detestable to the Lord, the work of skilled hands, and sets it up in secret. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors their father or mother. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who moves their neighbor's boundary stone. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads the blind astray on the road. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his father's wife, or he dishonors his father's bed. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual relations with any animal. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his mother-in-law. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who kills their neighbor secretly. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of his law by carrying them out. Then all the people shall say, Amen. You are taking a chance of being cursed because we know what Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says. And it says, if you choose the path of death, then curses will come your way. So those are just some examples. But if you are walking the path of death and you're choosing to willingly sin and you're choosing to choose that path, which is the path of death, then it will result in curses, destruction, and possibly death. I know some of the things that I, I just named were seem a bit extreme, but we know today that those things still happen. We have to keep God's commandments. And if you are out of order, if you're not following God's commandments and you're choosing disobedience, you're choosing to be rebellious against God, then curses will follow. And it's not that he's putting curses on you. It's that you're choosing the curses, just like I told you guys earlier, like Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, you have before you the choice of life or the path of death. You pick between those two. And out of it will come blessings if you choose life and death and curses if you choose death. So if that is your choice and you are choosing that path, you cannot expect anything less than those things to happen to you. But again, you have free will and that is your choice and God will not force himself on anybody. He just encourages us through his word to follow him. People who go out here and spread the gospel to encourage people to, to come to him, to encourage people to, to get to know him. But if people still choose not to follow him, he's not going to force anybody to. Because he gives us free will. He gives us the option between those two paths. He's not controlling if he was, he would have just made us robots. We wouldn't get the opportunity to choose. He loves us just that much that he gave us the opportunity to pick him. He wants us to willingly choose him. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm going to be reading chapter 28 verse 1 through 14. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God 
and carefully follow all his commandments I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and your crops of your land and your young of your livestock and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flock. Your basket and your netting trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you come out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb. The young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commandments I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. When you keep his commandments and you be obedient to God, he will place you on top. He will make you the head and not the tail. Just as the word says, you will be able to prosper. You will be able to grow. He will help you to grow. He will keep you sheltered, keep you protected, and he will bless you. So keeping his commandments is not only to bring blessings to you, but also to protect you. Not only to protect you, but to also protect your family. He wants to bless you and he wants to bless your family. But if you choose to be disobedient, then you bring curses upon yourself and you bring curses upon your family. So next we're going to read. I think I'm going to go ahead and read the curses for disobedience. Um, it's pretty much the opposite of everything I just listed. You can read it for yourself if you want to. Um, verses 15 all the way so chapter 28 verses 15 all the way down to 68 basically but i'm just going to read a little bit of it to you guys 15 down to 24 and you guys can read the rest if you want to on your own um but yeah let's read this together starting at verse 15 we're still on chapter 28 so it says However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commandments and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and your netting trough 
will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed, and the crops of your land, and the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your stock of your flocks. You will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you come out. You will send on your curses confusion and rebuke in everything you put your hand to until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. The Lord will plague you with diseases until he has destroyed you from the land you are entering to possess. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease with fever, inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, the blight and mildew which will plague you until you perish. The sun over your head will be bronze and ground underneath you iron. The Lord will turn the rain of your country into dust and powder. It will come down from the skies until you are destroyed. So God is the same today as he is going to be tomorrow and the same way he was yesterday. So don't think just because this is Old Testament that he doesn't do things like this today. You have to obey him. You have to obey his commandments and you have to live a life that is righteous. And if you choose not to, then there are consequences. The word of God says that you reap what you sow. And that's in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8. So it's all about what you choose. As to how your life turns out. If you choose to carry on the generational sin. And the generational. Um, just disobedience and rebellion against God. Then you'll get the same outcome. And that's your choice though. It's not because God doesn't want better for us. It's because he's not going to make that decision for us. We have free will again. So it is your choice. And I really want to emphasize on that. Because a lot of people blame God. When it's not God, it's your choice. There are consequences for your actions. That's just how it goes. That's just how life goes. So when you make bad decisions, bad things will happen to you. Be mindful of your actions. Be mindful of the choices and the path that you are choosing when it comes to your life. If you guys have ever heard of the saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So that's exactly what it is. I was playing stupid games and I was winning stupid prizes and I was sitting in a corner trying to figure out why my life looked the way that it did prior to my my encounter with um, the Holy Spirit for the first time. God was giving me so much revelation about the choices that I had made and how it had landed me where I was at. And I couldn't do anything but straighten up and stop being so mad at God about it. I had to take responsibility for the things that I chose and for the outcomes that came with it and stop pointing my finger at God. And that was hard because I don't, I just thought that everything bad and everything good that happens is because God wants it to happen. It's not that he wants bad for us. It's that we have free will and what you choose to do with your free will is up to you. He wants nothing but the best for his children. And if you decide that you don't want to be his child and you decide that you don't want to behave like his child and you decide that you want to behave more like a child of Satan and you decide that you don't want to walk the path of life and you rather hold hands with Satan, you will reap what you sow. Okay, so next topic. How do we end these curses and how do we break them off of us? 
How can we end generational sin? When you turn to the Lord, you will be able you'll be able to break off the chains of generational curses through the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 18 verses 19 through 20. It says, "Yet you ask, why does the son not share the guilt of his father?" Since the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to keep all my decrees, he will surely live. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. So, if you choose to walk the path of righteousness, if you choose to walk upright, as long as you are following Christ, as long as you are walking the path of life, as long as you are walking upright, you will be saved. You will not have to suffer from the generational curses. All you have to do is choose to be a follower of Christ and choose to live for Christ and you will be saved. And you will be able to end, you will be able to end generational curses. But if you do not turn away from sin, and if you choose to continue living in the world and being disobedient to God and being rebellious against God, then they will continue. It's not just about accepting Christ as your savior. Of course, that's an important part, and that is a part of it. But you also have to live for him. It's easy to call yourself a Christian. It's harder to actually walk it like you talk it. You don't just be a sayer of the word, be a doer of the word. That's in James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25. Next, let's go to Acts chapter 16 verse 31. And it says, They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household. So if you are a believer and you are a follower of Christ, you and your household will be saved. You will be able to break generational curses off through the blood of Jesus Christ. It takes someone who is willing to put the enemy in his place, someone who is willing to put their set their family on the right path. It takes someone who is willing to listen and who was willing to put in the effort, not only believing in Christ, but also living for him. If you are willing to do that, then the generational curses will be broken off. And that's because of your obedience, your choice to pick the path of life, and your decision to follow Christ, and your decision to let go of the things that are dragging your bloodline down. Take somebody who realizes that they might say that it runs in the family, but it has to stop with me. It stops with me. Me and my little family, we will not be doing this. Whether your family, your little family is already here or you plan on making one in the future, it has to stop with you so that you can, that you can show your children the path of life so that you can train them up in the way that they should go, just as the word of God says so that they can know what path they should be taking. That's in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, start children off on the way they should go, 
and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So it is important for us to be the example. If you didn't get any good role models growing up, you didn't have anybody to show you to go on the path of life instead of the path of death. Be that for your children. Be that for your children and their children and their children's children. Set your family up for success. Show them what it means to be true followers of Christ. Show them what it means to be a generational curse breaker. What it means to be a true follower of Christ. He died so that we could be able to save our families from generational curses. He wanted to set us free from all the things that had us chained to sin. And generational curses is one of the things that have us chained to sin. He did not want us to be slaves to sin any longer. That he came and he saved us from ourselves. He saved us from our flesh. He saved us from the enemy who was trying to keep us in our, to keep us enslaved to our sin. And if you choose not to accept Christ, then you are literally deciding that you don't want to break generational curses. He gave you the opportunity. Christ gave us the opportunity for us to be able to start over, for us to have a clean slate, for us to be able to live a different life than maybe what our family members are living. Through Christ, you can have a new beginning and you can have a happy ending. You can live a life that you always dreamed, dreamt of living, but you can't do so without making choices that are right, without making choices that benefit you and that benefit your family and that show that you want to be obedient to Christ and that show that you love him and you want to keep his commandments. Next, let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So the blood of Jesus washes us clean of all sins. Another thing that I want to talk about is how people fail to actually confess their sins. You can't be forgiven for anything if you refuse to even see that you are wrong. You can't be forgiven for anything if you refuse to acknowledge where you messed up at. I see a lot of people say that this isn't a sin, that isn't a sin. What it comes down to is this. If the word of God says that it's a sin, then it's a sin. There's nothing else that needs to be said besides that. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you say that you are a Christian, then you should know that we can't pick and choose what we agree with and what we don't agree with. If the word of God says it, that's what it is. It's really as simple as that. And you don't get to argue people down when they're giving you scriptures to back this up just because it doesn't fit your idea of what it should say, of what the Bible should say. You're not God. People, you, I don't, I don't understand how people think that they get to say what they feel when it comes to what God says. How you feel doesn't change what the word of God says. You can be forgiven for the sins that you have committed, but don't try to say something isn't a sin just because you feel bad that you've done those things or that you still want to continue to do those things and you don't want to be told that they're sins because you don't want to feel bad for doing it or for continuing to do it even though you know it's a sin. 
to come to him and be honest with him and pray to him the same way you would talk and vent to a friend and tell them what you've done. Tell them that you're sorry for hurting them. That's what repenting is. It's basically like apologizing to God for hurting him. Obviously, when we sin, it hurts him. It's not just like something that he just doesn't want us to do for no reason. It hurts him. Not only that, then you're teaching your children to do those things. And then they have to figure out for themselves to stray away from the path of death and to come to the path of life. You're supposed to train up your child in the way that they should go, just like we talked about earlier. But if you aren't even on the path that you should be going on, then you're going to end up raising a child who also is going to be set on the wrong path. Now, for generations, everybody's on the wrong path. And that right there is how the devil gets us. That's how he gets us. Because we all do the same thing. Repeat the same things that the last person did. Choose that same path over and over and over again. Choose those same sins over and over and over again. Be disobedient to God over and over and over again. And what's crazy is so many people grew up in families who pretty much everybody they're related to are Christians. Why is there so much to break off of us? It's because nobody is really living for Christ. We've got people who grew up in churches. We've got family members who have always gone to the same churches. Generations of families all going to the same churches for years. Yet there's still generational curses. Some people aren't living for Christ and it's showing. But if you're listening right now, then that means that you know something's wrong. You know that there needs to be a change. And you just have to be willing to be that change. You have to be willing to put your foot down and say, okay, it might run in the family, but it stops with me. I no longer want to be a part of this. My children will not be a part of this. My children's children will not be a part of this and so on. I'm going to do the opposite of what I've seen. I'm going to be a good Christian role model for my children. I will be a woman of God and a mama. I will show them in the way that they should go, the path that they should take, and what happens when you choose the path of life over the path of death. I will not let them fall into the same cycle that my family has been falling into for generations. It stops with me. That is the stance you have to take. It takes an obedient Christian to break generational curses. So before Jesus died for our sins, the people in the Old Testament, they used to give offerings to God to be forgiven for their sins and to honor him. And they also did this to be forgiven for the sins of their ancestors as well. So that is how they paid their debt. And if you want to read about that, you can go to Exodus chapter 25, um, verses 1 through 9, I believe. But in chapter 25, verse 2 says, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. Everyone whose heart prompts them to give. He wants them to willingly give. To willingly give an offering to him. Again, I keep telling y'all, God is not a controlling God. He wants them to willingly want a clean slate, to willingly want to turn their faces to him, to willingly seek him. 
so that he can wash them clean of their sins. It was never that God thought that we would be perfect. He knew that we wouldn't be perfect. And he also shows us how we can be washed clean from our sins, but nobody wants to take that way out. Now that we are no longer in those days, we no longer have to make sacrifices, but we do have Jesus Christ. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And ever since Jesus died for our sins, we no longer have to make sacrifices or offerings to, to God. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He broke the chains. He has died so that we can break every chain off of us. It doesn't matter what it is. Anxiety, depression, trauma. Those things can be broken off of you through the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you do not accept Christ, if you do not live for Christ, you're going to have no way of breaking those things off of you. You have to choose him. He is the only way to break those things off of you. You have to be covered in the blood of Christ for them to be broken off of you. If you want the chains of generational curses to be broken off of you, accept Christ into your life. And I mean wholeheartedly. Turn away from your old ways so that he can clean you and make you new. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10 verses 12 through 14. I've been reading from the NIV version this whole time, but um, this is ESV version. And it says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from the time until his enemies should be made a, a footstool at his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So, Jesus Christ, again, is the ultimate sacrifice. He sacrificed himself so that you can be washed clean, so that you can be saved, so that you would be able to break generational curses off of you. God has always given us free will. He always gives warnings he always tells them what happens if they were to do it or he always tells them that they shouldn't do it he tells them not to do it that's what the commandments are for us that is what he told Adam and Eve before they fell he told them not to do it but I think we all know when you do something that your parent tells you not to do there's consequences whether they be consequences that they give you or something that just happens, there's consequences for doing things that you have no business. That's just how it works. So let's say a child touches something hot. Their mother told them not to touch it. They're going to get burned. Does that mean their mother burned them? No. That means that's a consequence of touching something hot, right? So it's the same thing. You literally... Don't get to just make wild choices and think that there's no consequences. Adam and Eve literally started this nonsense. <laughs> they started this. God told them not to do something. They ate from the fruit. But I think the part that really annoys me now, just looking back at it, is the fact that neither Adam or Eve apologized or even acknowledged that they had done something wrong. Instead, what did they do? Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. So they were cursed as a result of their disobedience. 
He warned them beforehand. He told them not to eat of that tree. And then later, after they ate of the fruit, he told them what the consequences of their actions were. He told them what was going to happen to them because of what they did. Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 says, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. So it says, because you have done this, now this is the outcome. Same thing for Eve. Verse 16, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Verse 17, to Adam, he said, because, pay attention to the key word, because you listened to your wife and you ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Because of you. Cursed is the ground. So because you did this, now this happens. It's pretty much cause and effect. And just to elaborate a little bit more, a cause states why something happens. An effect states the results or the outcome. So because Ab and Eve ate of the fruit, they were cursed. They chose the path of death that day. And as a result, they ended up being cursed. But still, you don't see anywhere where they apologize, where they take responsibility for their sins. And that's why I told you guys it's so important for you to come and repent to God when you know that you have sinned him, when you know that you have wronged him and you know that you have done things that you shouldn't have done. Come to him, admit your faults so that you can be washed clean. Repent. So then in Genesis chapter four, we learn about Cain and Abel. So Cain was the son who uh, worked, worked the soil and Abel was the one who kept up with the flocks. So Abel brought a sacrifice to God and so did Cain. The Lord did not accept Cain's offering. That's because Cain gave God the bare minimum. He gave him just some random fruits, not the best fruits that he had. Um, Abel gave him the firstborn of his flock. Cain became jealous and angry because the Lord accepted um, Abel's offering and not his. Then we look at verse 6 in chapter 4. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Right here, God is telling Cain not to let anger take over. He's telling Cain not to let sin creep into that door. He's telling Cain, if you had just done what is right, it would have been accepted. I want you guys to keep this in mind when you try to break these generational curses. Don't give the bare minimum, bare minimum and expect these curses to be broken off. You cannot 
downplay God. Give him all that he deserves. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with the type of sins that you have been indulging in. Be honest with the lifestyle that you were living and confess your sins. Don't give in to your sins. If you want to break generational curses, you have to get on Team Jesus to do so. And I don't mean just shout, yeah, I'm Team Jesus. I mean, be about it and actually be for Jesus so that you can so that you can break the chains of generational curses. You don't get anywhere half doing things. And that's why I really wanted to elaborate on this verse where Cain was upset after he, which it made no sense because he knew he knew he could have did better. He knew that he could have did more. Do more. Don't expect God to do to work a miracle when you're not even putting in any type of work. Do your part so that these generational curses can be broken off of you. If not, don't be upset when sin is creeping at your door. Satan is ready and waiting to rule over you. Don't give him that satisfaction. Stay obedient to God and put him first and actually live for him. Anyways, back to what we were reading. Um, We left off at verse 8, still on chapter 4. So I'm going to read from verse 8 all the way down to 15. It says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, this is right after he had a conversation with God, guys. He says, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one would, no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So because Cain decided to kill Abel, he was cursed. But you guys see how God came and he warned Cain before he even did it. He had the chance to turn away from doing that, but he decided that he was going to let sin win. And that's what happened. And he ended up being cursed because of it. So these are just some examples of disobedience. Cain was disobedient. Eve was disobedient. Adam was disobedient. His parents, Cain's parents were disobedient. And they carried that disobedience over to their children. It's generations of mankind being disobedient and just ignoring God's warnings. Again, just like Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, you have the path of life and the path of death. We have set before us life, 
death, blessings, and curses. If you choose to reject God, then you are choosing the path of death. Then you should be expecting there to be death, destruction, and curses in your life. You choose to do with your free will is your choice, but you cannot blame God for your rebellion against him and the outcome of your rebellion and disobedience against him. That's not, that has absolutely nothing to do with him. That's between you and your choices. So you need to look in the mirror and decide what have I done? What, what is it that I have done that has led me to this? Be for real with yourself and look at yourself. Read the word of God so that you can see the things that you should be doing versus the things that you have done. So many people are scared to read their Bible because they're scared they're going to find themselves in it. They're scared they're going to see things that they have to work on. That's the point. Read the word of God. He will show you the things that you need to work on and things that you need to fix. But pointing at him instead of fixing what's inside your heart gets you nowhere. Also pointing fingers at your family members who you feel have done all these things to you or have um, caused there to be generational curses, you can't point the finger at them either because God has given you a way out and that is Jesus Christ. If you choose not to take that path and you feel the effects of generational curses because you have chose not to break those chains off of you through the blood of Jesus Christ, that is still on you. You can't help what they chose to do with their life. But you can choose what you want to do with yours. You can choose to walk the path of death or to walk the path of life. You can't make them do anything, but you can choose what path you want to be on. Because Jesus died on the cross for us, we have that choice. Be redeemed to be saved. He's given us the chance to have a new life and break the chains of generational curses. So... I want you all to take a second and think of all the things that run in your family and pray all these things that you have listed off of yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'll share some things that I struggle with with you guys or some generational curses that run in my family. So some things that I can list are divorced, uh, young or teen pregnancy that runs in my family, poverty that runs in my family, alcoholism childhood trauma, single parent homes, um, experiencing mental, verbal, or physically physical abuse in relationships, or being mental or verbal or physically abusive. Um, those are just a few things, but there are, this is a combination of both my mom's side and my dad's side of family. So it's time to pick the path of life and choose Jesus. I said earlier, you can't make anybody choose the path of life, but you can choose it yourself. I have had several family members who call themselves Christians, but don't live the Christian lifestyle. It's not just a title that you just say. It's not just a cross necklace that you wear. It's a lifestyle. It's you picking up your cross every day and deciding, no, I'm not going to go back to my old ways. I want different. I need to do better. I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to be better. I'm going to strive to be the woman of God that God has made me to be. That's what it is. And a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to face the heat. They don't want to 
look at themselves and say, wow, I need work. It's hard to be honest with yourself, but you have to be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Repent for the things that you do wrong. Look in the mirror and see the things that you're doing wrong and write them down and take steps towards fixing them. But don't ignore them because when you ignore them, you give generational curses the chance to take over. You let sin creep in, just like we talked about with, with Cain. Don't give your enemy a footstool. Turn away from the things that have your bloodline in a chokehold. If you do not, it will continue to have you, your children, and generations to come in a chokehold. Jesus died so that we could break these things off of us, and we have to put in the effort to do so. For example, if you know your family is full of alcoholics and you constantly feel like you need to party and you need to have a bottle in your hand, ask yourself, am I falling into generational sin? Am I continuing a generational curse? Am I living for Christ so that I can break these generational curses? We have to free ourselves of the toxic worldly habits that most of our families carry on and stop labeling them as, oh, that's just who our family, our family is. That's not true. You don't have to accept that. And I don't want anybody to feel like they have to just because it's something their family thinks is normal. We all have the choice to pick the path of life or the path of death. So how is it just something that runs in a family? No, what's running is in the family is the fact that everybody wants to choose the path of death instead of the path of life. Because if the path of life was running in the family, this wouldn't be happening. So you, as someone who is aware that these things are happening, don't accept it. I encourage you to be made new through the blood of Jesus Christ. It may run in the family, but it, it has to stop with you. Cover yourself in the blood of Jesus Christ. Pick up your cross every day, just like Luke chapter 9, verse 30, 23 says. It is time for a fresh start. It is time for new beginnings. It is time to move on. You are the one that your bloodline has been waiting for. And the devil will try his hardest to fight you and set you up for failure and try to make you fall back into the sins that keep you trapped into generational curses. You have to stand bold. And you have to know that Jesus will be the one to carry you through, but you have to let him in and you have to be honest with yourself and you have to fall on your knees and repent. Stay focused on him. Stray away from the things that is holding you and your bloodline captive. That's it for me today, guys. I'm so thankful for you guys for tuning in. I pray that this has touched you guys and that you feel amped up and ready to destroy everything that the devil has set up for you and your generations to come. I pray that you are able to find the strength through Jesus Christ to be able to prove him wrong and prove that you are worthy of just so much more than what the devil is trying to tell you that you are. You can break gener generational curses and you will do so through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be praying on everyone's behalf. You guys make sure that you're praying over yourselves, anoint yourself, list the things that I told you guys to list that you know that you need to work on, any generational things that you see run in the family, write those down and pray against all of them. You can do this 
And don't forget that the devil will try everything in his power to make you feel like you can't. Don't let that phase you. Keep moving. Keep praying. Get in your word. Be honest with yourself. And continue to move forward. Um, Instagram, the Holy Bay Podcast Instagram is always open. I don't mind praying with you guys on the phone or whatever. Um, Giving you guys advice if you need it. Wise counseling. All that stuff. Email me or just message me. Whatever works for you. But I love all of you guys. And please always remember that Jesus loves you too. Stay holy and stay blessed. See ya.